Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. Just like your family treats you, find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Episode 262 of The Scoop Podcast is ready for takeoff. Although, if you have any drugs, I'm in dire need of some drugs. Emergency, zinc, anything. I've got a cold coming on. I can feel it. I'm like many males. I don't handle colds real well. So the plan is for this to be a two-podcast week. But who knows? I could go downhill after today let's cross our fingers that i'll be okay because i know on friday the plan is to talk with brian lawton who was in the mix to be the wilds general manager the plan is to catch up with david thorpe on the nba plus i planted a seed with ryan leaf he was on the gophers football bandwagon long before anyone else i've got some other ideas some ideas heading into next week to promote gophers penn state so the hope is i can do two podcasts this week this first one my voice is still here The first one will feature Cole Aldrich in studio for the duration. So in terms of news and notes, I'll empty out my notebook, my figurative notebook on Friday, episode 263. But this episode 262, Cole Aldrich will join in studio for the duration. So who knows how long we'll go. Maybe we go 20 minutes, maybe we go 30, maybe we go 40. We'll just gab and see where it takes us. For some background on Cole, great player, Bloomington Jefferson High School, had myriad offers coming out of high school. The Gophers, for example, wanted him badly. He lands in Lawrence, Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks. He helps the Jayhawks win a national championship in 08. That was the Mario Chalmers shot. That was Derrick Rose, John Calipari, and Memphis. So he won a national championship with the Jayhawks, was a key player on that 08 team. He was in Lawrence for a few years, ended up being a lottery pick. The 2010 NBA Draft, he has played for six teams over eight years in the NBA. He played in Los Angeles. He played in New York. He's had some unique teammates, guys like Meta World Peace, J.R. Smith. He's had some really, really talented teammates. You think about Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul. The list is lengthy. He played for the Wolves a couple years ago, so he was teammates with Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Jeff Teague. Who else would have been on that team? Gorgie Jang. I guess those are the four holdovers from two years ago when Cole Aldrich signed here. Tom Thibodeau and the Wolves gave him a three-year deal, third year, not fully guaranteed. Ended up playing two years here, played in China last year. He's now looking for his next opportunity, so I figured, hey, he's in town. Let's catch up with him. So joining us now in studio, nice enough to join us in studio, it is Cole Aldrich. Cole, appreciate you being here in studio. I laid out in that first two and a half minutes of this podcast... (coughs) Your background, you know, what you've done since Bloomington Jefferson High School, winning the national championship at Kansas. I think I forgot mm-hmm. to mention that your jersey, number 45, is retired at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. So you had this unbelievable collegiate career. You played in the NBA for, what, eight years? Six eight years. different teams. Yeah. But I guess where I left it off was your last year with the Timberwolves, which was a couple of years ago, teammates with Cad and Gorgie and Jeff Teague and Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins. So there's some holdovers from from guys that you were teammates with. But I guess maybe pick up your story. You know, what's kept you busy from about, you know, that, that last game with the Wolves on? Uh, so that was, wow, two years ago, I think, already. Um, year, two years, whatever it's been. But I ended up going to Atlanta for training camp with the Hawks. And 
kind of use it as a springboard of getting to China. So I, I played a season last season in China, and um, boy, it was it, it was interesting. I have three hundred stories from just the three months that I was there. Um, I got there about October six, and I ended up heading home right before Christmas. I ended up spraining my MCL in a game. Um, kind of just a freak play that happened where I was standing under the hoop. A teammate drove from the top of the key, got an and one and essentially got chop blocked in my knee and mm. had to get an MRI and all that. And then ended up making my way home and just rehabbing and used the summer to just work out, played in pro-am and my wife is due in January. So nice. Congratulations. Thank you. So it makes sense for you to be here. I mean, yes. I guess. I mean, has the phone been ringing? Did it ring in the summer? I mean, like, was your team in China interested in bringing you back? Was another team overseas um, interested in signing you? And you just said, "Hey, my wife is due in January." It just doesn't make logical sense for me to uproot her to yeah. an entirely different country. Yeah. Um, I had a few phone calls this summer of going back to China. They have uh, they call it the NBL, which is their their summer league. Um, to go in to play for, I think it was the last month plus playoffs and the team that I was going to had the potential to, I think they ended up losing in a championship game to the team that my old teammate with when I was in China in the winter Mm -hmm. was playing for. Um, you know, I ended up turning it down just for the sheer fact that, you know, even though it was early on in my wife's pregnancy, you know, I kind of wanted to be here through this whole process and see it as our first child. And, you know, I had the ability to to kind of turn it down and just say, you know what, man, it, it would have been fun. It would have been cool to do that again. But, you know, sometimes things in life are, are more important than basketball. And, you know, the older I've gotten, kind of the the more I've realized that. But you're willing to listen. Like, if your phone rings back, who knows? Maybe the next 30 minutes as we're recording, your phone will <laughs> ring. It might be some team's general Haley's manager. comment might fly by, too. <laughs> <laughs> I might win the Powerball later tonight. But I guess if the phone rings, you're still open to listening. I mean, I saw, actually. I did a little research for this conversation. Ooh. It's your birthday tomorrow. It is my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. So you're about to turn 31. But as we sit here recording this, you're 30 years old. So, I mean... I guess in basketball years, maybe you're sort of old, but it's not like you're you're past your prime. No, no. I mean, uh, I mean, we had lunch the other day and we talked about it. Is that you know when I came to Minnesota to play for the Wolves and I, I was the first sign of Tibbs. You know, I, I kind of thought my situation was going to be a little different. Yeah. Where you know hindsight is twenty twenty. Here I am looking kind of from the outside in, but. Um. Things didn't work out, but that's okay, and things have worked out throughout my career, and I've kind of always just used it as a way of I'm playing with house money because at the end of the day, you know, the average NBA player only plays about three and a half years. Made it to eight, and, you know, I've been on some some really good teams. I've been on some really, really bad teams and some teams that – no, don't don't quite know what the hell is going on. <laughs> well, <laughs> and some would argue that maybe some that, of those Tibbs teams. That might have been my first year in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been some confusion, yeah, specifically that, that first year. How many other – take us back to that free agency period. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, top of my head. I mean, you signed or at least came to terms, agreed to terms with the Wolves 
relatively early in free agency. I mean, how many other teams called? I mean, are there any regrets the way everything, you know, ended up playing out? I mean, any regrets in signing with the Wolves over maybe some other opportunities you had? So kind of the whole scenario happened. My wife and I actually, I was in L.A. with the Clippers. We lost to the Trailblazers in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That was a good Clippers team. We, yeah, we were really good. good run there. Oh, we had a great run. We And you specifically had a good run there. Uh-huh. So we ended up playing. We won our first two games at home. Game three, Blake gets hurt. That's three right, minutes, yeah. five minutes later, Chris gets hurt, breaks his hand. Now we have, you know, two of our best players done, and we ended up getting swept. So we lost 4-2 in that series, and Portland ended up losing to Golden State. But – my wife and I had this vacation planned to go to Italy because for us, free agency has always been kind of, you know, I, I've never understood why guys are like, oh, I love free agency. I can't wait to be a free agent. And I'm like, no, free agency, I've been through it four times and it's never been like this great experience. It's always kind of like, oh, you have these two things. And hey, by the way, you have three hours to figure this out and make a decision. And you're kind of like, all right, what do we do? Yeah, that would be, yeah, I could see from your standpoint, just wanting to pound your head against, you know, a table, just saying, I mean, holy cow, I need to make this life-changing decision in the span of, I mean, Enos Cantor came out, where did he end up signing? Boston, Cantor's with Boston now? Yeah. Was he in Portland? He told the story sometime during the summer that, I think it was the Blazers, literally gave him like 10 minutes. Here's the mm-hmm. offer. You have 10 minutes to make a decision. <clears throat> Otherwise, we need to move on. That's how fast free agency moves. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that because you, you see the big guys. You see the guys like KD, Kawhi, you know, all these guys that are signing the max deals. You know, those are the guys that are the, the trendsetters. They, you know they're going to sign a max deal. It's just where are they going to end up, essentially. Um so for me, free agency was always kind of like something that happened a few weeks down the road. And it ended up being that I was one of the kind of the more sought after free agents in the center position. And my wife and I ended up being in Italy. And I remember, crazy enough, we were in Florence. We spent two days in Florence and we were going to wine country for... Mm-hmm. Tough life. I know. Boy, that trip was... <laughs> It was a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) But still, I mean, you know, like even the time difference. Oh, so I got woke up. And your agent is is one of the power brokers, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. Jeff Schwartz, right? I mean, Jeff, I mean, he's the guy when talking about, you know, the Scott Boros of the NBA or the Drew Rosenhaus of the NBA. It's your agent. So he knows everybody. So I'm sure he's blowing up your phone. Yeah. But with the time difference, I mean, it had to be a little hectic. So free agency started... 12.01 12.01 Eastern Time on July 1st, and we happened to be in Florence. And most of the time, or 99% of the time, I turn my phone on silent when I go to bed because it doesn't matter. I don't need to talk to anybody. So I happen to wake up at like 6 in the morning when we're in Florence, and I'm like, holy, my phone is just going off. I But you knew like, why. You were no. coming off a pretty good year. I know I had, you said you had been through free agency a few times, but wasn't it a little different coming off the season you just had in Los Angeles? Um, that your I stock got, was yeah. I mean, I guess I maybe I didn't as, want maybe to it's admit ever it. Been? 
Yeah, it was definitely the best that it had been. All right, so you knew, right, in some ways, that that free agency would be different than your other free agency. I didn't think I was going to get a call at 12.03 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't think I would, you know, because past experience, it had been a solid week, if not a month or so, until things kind of planned out. And I knew, okay, you know, it's going to be within the first week. But I by no means thought it was going to be right then and there. So I remember answering my phone and I went outside and I'm talking to Houston and a few other teams. And I'm kind of just like trying to figure out these next few years, (laughs) but also not necessarily in the right frame of mind because it is 6 a.m. And plus you're hungover. Yeah, I probably had a few glasses of wine that night. (laughs) Nobody would fault you, right? You're in Italy. I would hope you were enjoying some vino. So I ended up having a call with the Wolves, and we were traveling from Florence to this small little town called Montepulciano, right in the heart of, like, Tuscany. And I'm looking at my phone. We're on this little local train, and I'm like, damn, I have no service. We're going through these, you know, the tunnels and through Mm -hmm. the hills and everything, and I'm just thinking, man, I I can't miss this phone call. No, because as you laid out, it was entirely possible that the Wolves offer or if the Rockets made an offer mm-hmm. that, that you had to make a split-second decision. Yeah. So ended up, we got to the hotel or the little bed and breakfast we were staying at. And my wife's like checking in and here I am talking with Tom and Scott and, you know, having conversation. And, you know, the, the lady that's checking us in is kind of like, she's like, oh, you know, in the broken English as she speaks, like, can I help with anything? And my wife is like, no, like, just just let him be, you know, let him do his thing. And then ended up getting a call later on from my agent saying they had offered to me. And I thought, wow, like, that's, that's awesome. You know, this is one of a few offers. And so who are the other offers? I had a few mid-levels through, I think, Gold State was one. Um but just for one year? A full mid-level. So it would be like, at the, I think at the time. It so was, money-wise, the full mid-level. But was it for four years, three, three years, years, two years? Yeah. Okay, so years. it was like three years, 18, so three I think year it options. was. Yeah. Which at your age, even as you get past 25, you know, term is important. It's not sure. just money. Clearly money is important. Yeah. But to have long-term security, that was always at least security one beyond goal. one year. Is really important. Yeah, that that you know the years to me was always the number one goal of just you're in long enough, and if you take care of your finances, things are going to be fine. You know, I'm a little different than other guys because some guys are maybe not as frugal as I am. Um, so you're admitting you're frugal. <laughs> you did buy lunch last week. Odd, odd story. Was that like well, my lucky day? <laughs> My agent will still give me crap for this. I worked out in Toronto twice during the draft. I did not call him, and I sent him one text because it cost me like 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he still like gives me crap. But it, yeah, it literally yes. it took me probably four years. When I played in New York, I would have Wi-Fi on the hotel and in – you know, the uh, Rogers Center at the arena, and I would just, like, WhatsApp people. And in between then, I'd be like, nope, sorry, can't get a hold of me. Like, 
<laughs> so it's classic. So back to you know being in Italy, we yeah. ended up you know my wife and I we kind of sat in a room and we talked about all the scenarios and thought you know take away from being in Minnesota because this is home, but we've never been home since high school, and but that still had to be hard. Easier well, said than done, just to say, hey, let's put. Our Minnesota roots, your wife, you. It's not just you, by the way. It's your wife as well. Yeah. Easier said than done, I would think. I mean, call me nuts, but I would think that wouldn't be easy just to put aside, hey, that's my hometown. That's my wife's hometown. Um. Yeah, in a lot of ways it, it kind of was. But I thought, you know, looking at the big picture of it, I thought, okay, you know, I like the direction of where the team is going. You know, with Carl, with Wiggs, you know, there was some pieces that were really going to be good sure, for the, the future. Zach Levine, too. I think a lot of yeah, us thought Zach. Zach has a chance to be pretty good. Yeah, and it, it turns out that he's pretty damn good. Agree. I don't know if I love a shot selection. <laughs> we can get into this at some point. And who knows? Maybe it's a future podcast. Yeah. I'm not quite sure he's ever going to be the best or even second best player on a really good team. But there's enough there to like. I understand oh, yeah. why Chicago paid him. I mean, you have – so you had those kind of three corner pieces to the organization. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, with Tibbs, you know, hard-nosed defensive guy in Chicago. I almost went to Chicago a few years prior. And I thought, wow, like, you know, this could be really good for me. This could be a way that, you know, one, I could be at home and I could play for the team that I grew up watching and loving. Also, you know, I feel like I fit his system really well. Like I said earlier, hindsight is kind of twenty twenty. where, you know, early in the season I was playing and I was playing well. And I kind of, I had very realistic um, um, kind of not goals, but understanding of like what my role was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, clear back up. Of course. How, you know, I'm not maybe, better than Carl, of course. No. I mean, I'm going to no, play. No, even with Gorgie. I mean, Gorgie's going to play. Yeah. Even if Gorgie and Cat at the time could coexist. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably had to be thinking, you know, if I'm lucky, what, maybe I'm, 17 to 20 minutes a night? Sure. Yeah. I'm going to be any, in the in the kind of the realm of, I guess, 9 or 12 to some yeah, nights 9, 22. 10, yeah. You know, I, I'm a backup in the league, and mm-hmm. that's just kind of what being a backup is. Yeah. Um. But I guess kind of looking back at it, that it didn't work out the way maybe I hoped, planned, thought, expected it to. And not that I have any bitterness towards the situation because, should I had been out of the league almost three times prior. So, <laughs> you know, here I am, you know, making connections and trying to find the best way that I can help my community that, you know, supported me over the years that, you know, what a great way to be at home and play for the team that I I grew up idolizing. All right, so you get through that first year with the Wolves. Then there's change. Jimmy Butler is brought in. You were teammates with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. You guys make the playoffs. And I don't care if you were the eight seed. I don't remember. Was it seven or eight? We were eight, and we just – it was an overtime game. Jimmy hit a – That's right. You beat Denver, right? Yeah, and it was whoever was going to – when that game was in the playoffs. But you know what? For this franchise, that was an enormous deal. Even Huge. if you were not a top five, top six seed, just simply making the playoffs was the first step. Yeah. And what we thought, you know what? There's a good foundation in place. Yeah. You have to pay Jimmy, but you have Jimmy, you have Cat. Yeah. And there's and enough you see, there to 
build upon. Yeah, I agree. And unfortunately, though, it spiraled out of control. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, and you didn't even get your third year, right? So you signed the three-year deal here. Yeah, it was a two plus one. Yeah, so, so the one was it, what? A, just a partial guarantee? It was a team yeah, was, option, essentially. Yeah, so partially guaranteed of it, and I got a call, literally like the eleventh hour before they had to make that decision because a lot of times teams will you know they might trade for you trade you or do something and Mm -hmm. you know it was i don't know five o'clock eastern time on a thursday that they had to make a decision at 4 30 i get a call and saying that hey we haven't picked up your 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 third year option and you know when i signed the deal I thought, like, man, what a you know, what a great. I'm like, I'm playing, kind of like, I'm finally sh- able to show the league, you know, what I knew I was capable of because when I was in New York, I think my second year in New York was maybe my best year that I had ever had, like, stat wise. Who's your coach? Wait, hold I on, had, I can answer my own question. I had two coaches. Mike Woodson. Yep. Eric Fisher. Yep. Boom. <laughs> My knowledge is pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, when I, I guess going back, I had an option of going to New York for a third year or going with the Clippers. So my wife and I were going to dinner to, you know, we told told my agent, you know, we're going to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. And we Did you make on. her pay, by the way? <laughs> I think we both paid <laughs> joint accounts. <laughs> so you know she pays, I still pay. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, you make the decision to go to LA. So I thought, you know, and I LA, could. I'm telling you, maybe I'm nuts, but I thought LA was a pretty good situation for you. It was great. It was it was really good. Um, I thought, you know, going into it, I kind of knew, you know, we had DeAndre Jordan. Obviously, I'm not going to play ahead of him have some backup minutes. Well, they ended up signing Josh Smith after they signed me. I had known Blake for years and years and years prior. And I thought, man, you know, I, I called him and I was like, Hey dude, you know, here's the situation. I believe I can help you guys. I'm coming off a a good year in New York's playing wise. And I'm finally like actually playing because my first few years I never played. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I told him I was like, "Hey, I think I can help you, or I know I can help you guys." They ended up signing Josh Smith. That ultimately didn't work out. And you know, I remember we were playing Oklahoma City at home in revenge game. Yeah, <laughs> the old Fu tour. Although <laughs> yeah. that's a lengthy list for you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so. Coach just kind of, you know, threw me in out of a whim, me and Pablo Prigioni. That's right. You played with the Wolves assistant, yeah, Pablo. Yeah. And we were in New York the year together prior. That's right. So, yeah, you played with him in New York and L.A. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And um, so he just kind of threw us in as just like, a, okay, you know, we're going we're gonna to switch it up. I had no knowledge of this. We go out there and just play really well. And then it, you know, I – so I finally broke the rotation. And that's kind of how things started. Josh Smith's situation kind of blew up in a lot of ways. And 
that was the way that I, I think it was, it was kind of maybe around Christmas time is when that, when that happened and then used it going into the playoffs and played really well. And that's how I ended up in Minnesota. But yeah, I mean, your free agent profile is pretty darn good after helping LA win a lot of games, mm-hmm. getting run with them. So yeah, you sign here, but then at the end of here, when you weren't playing, I mean, were you thinking, even to get that trial with the Atlanta Hawks, even if that was just a springboard to go play in China last year. Yeah. I like, mean, were you thinking after your time here that I don't even have a chance to land anywhere in the NBA? A lot of it, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of some of the stress of professional sports that a lot of people don't really see because, you know, I've become an, an armchair critic in a lot of senses from home because, you know, I sit there and I'm like, oh, well, you know, this guy's not great. That guy's, you know, really good, but he could do things better. And, you know, you kind of become a socialized fan in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of interesting, but I thought, well, I can go to Atlanta, mainly use it as a springboard of playing somewhere else because I knew their situation. They didn't have any roster spots open. And they laid that all out to you saying, hey, come on in, but realistically speaking – you're just not going to make our 15-man roster? I don't think the team did. I just think that I knew it myself. Yeah. Looking at it and just seeing kind of from afar, I have to take a guaranteed contract away from a young guy on their team, which is not going to happen because you're going to have to pay me my minimum as an eight-year vet, I think it was at the time, just above $2 million. You're going to pay me twice as much as some other kid that they can – Bring in, develop, mm-hmm. put in the G League. Do and it's all not like that. any sort of championship aspiration. I mean, yeah, no, we all they... knew. In fact, they're still in this boat. Although I like speaking of foundations, I like what Atlanta's building. They Hopefully, Trey Young yeah. is okay after spraining his ankle last night. I like their future, especially being in the East compared to the West. But at the time when you went to the Hawks training camp a year ago, it was it was climbing Mount Everest. Yeah, I, mean, I was they, not. Gonna they stay. had no sort of even playoff aspirations last year. Yeah. I mean, there was. I was not going to stay. I, I truly believe that situationally was different. They would have kept me around because I think that they really liked what I was doing, you know, helping some of the younger guys, doing that. But you know, ultimately, it didn't work out. Ended up signing in China. So that offer from China was was it always on the table? Did they reach out early in the summer saying, so, "Hey," or was it August? Was it before you even went to Atlanta? Did they watch you? Did they scout you in some practice with the Hawks or some preseason game, then made the offer? I mean, I guess how how did China come about? How did you know that last year going to the Hawks training camp would be a springboard to get you a job overseas? So rewind like five or six years. I ended in Sacramento, was going to go to the Knicks, and had a potential offer in China. All right. If I had paid you've been around. I've been all over. That's right, Sacramento. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so if I had paperwork, I would have signed that deal and I would have gone to China. And all of this just wouldn't have worked out the way it had. <laughs> but earlier that summer, I got a call. I was in Vegas for Summer League, kind of hanging out for, uh, for the Players Association meetings. And I got a call from my agent, and he's like, hey, this team in, in Chengdu wants to have you. Yeah, like it's a lot of money. I've been to China twice. You know, being somewhere and living in a place is very different than just visiting. Mm-hmm. 
Um, ended up, I said yes to it. Ended up they went with Jason Thompson. Um, All right, so when you say yes, it's not quite that simple. Like, how many people did you lean on? Right? I mean, you had to lean on people that either played for that team in China or at least knew the town, the franchise. Yeah. Like, that's not a light decision to make, right? <laughs> it's not going to Rome or Paris. Yeah, I mean, or let's be Berlin. frank. I mean, there's other overseas opportunities team wise that mm-hmm. might be a little bit more, what, Americanized, for lack of a better way of saying it. Oh, right? yeah. Um, I mean, you went to China. We can get into the NBA China brouhaha at some point yeah. here, but. China, like enough people listening know, yeah, this is, it's just it's not. We're not talking even Japan. You're not going to. That's Texas. a unique situation in China. Yeah, it's it's a it's a complete 180 of what socially, culturally, everything that you're ever used to is different because it is China, and there is close to one and a half billion people. Not many of them speak English. Food is very different. Pollution is really, really bad. There is just, it's a whole different world. And so I I said yes. And just because I said yes doesn't mean I have the job. Team probably has a few people that they go to and they say, all right, we want to do this. Ended up picking one person. So ended up in Atlanta. I think I left on a Wednesday and... I was off to China like Sunday or Monday. And it So this was, is like this time last year, give or take a week or two, but Yeah, October sixth is when I okay, when October I got there. October sixth of last year, you're on your way to China. I am. And I'm I'm on my way by myself because my wife has a trip with her father to go back to his hometown in a suburb of Chicago and kind of like relive the experience and, mm-hmm. and kind of like see, you know, where, you know, where did my dad grow up and, and kind of like reminisce with him in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, and there's no reason to cancel that trip. Well, that's what I told him. I was, I was able like, to just meet you a few weeks later in sure. China. And that, and that's what ended up happening. And so I get there and I land in Beijing and the city I was in was, it's called Tianjin. We are basically a two, two and a half hour drive from Beijing. I landed about eight o'clock get my bags, I have a driver, takes me to Tingen, I get to the hotel, and I am like, what the f- did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> I walk in, I, I, don't, I don't want it to sound bad, but there's like, there's a specific smell, and it, it was just like, it was like 70s mold, like going into your grandmother's attic and just like that mothball, like, what the hell is this? So I get, I walk into the hotel and that's what I smell. I mean, they sent the driver. Did you hire the driver? But they sent a driver to drive you two, two and a half hours. <clears throat> you know, they want you there. You had to be thinking, maybe they don't necessarily lay out the red carpet, but the accommodations, right? Right. Just from a... Minimum expectation level, right? You had to be thinking, at the very minimum, the accommodations are going to be at least good, right? Maybe not great. Oh, I had spoke to good, not moldy, not not seventies, <laughs> yeah, grandma house type feel and vibe and all that aura. And so I, yeah, so that's your first experience in your new home city. Yeah, 
by myself. Yeah, and you're and... already thinking, yeah, what what the heck did I get myself into? Yeah. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers. That's right, more than 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team at North Memorial Health. They're your family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door. That means making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. So step up your health care game today and find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. Once again, that's northmemorial.com slash family. You know, the, the like the best and worst part of it is I had numerous teammates that I had talked to about playing in China because I had played in China, some of them for a few years. I know Jimmer Fredette really well from playing in Sacramento, and he had been there for a handful of years by then. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was – is he still? Just, I mean, he's, he, he's a legend over yeah, there. Yeah, he is in Greece now, but he'd been in Shanghai for a handful of years, and he – people love him. Mm-hmm. Makes great money, and, you know, he has this enormous fan base there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had conversations with him, John Lucas, and a, and a handful of other guys to kind of, like, understand – the whole picture of what I was getting myself into. So when I get to the hotel and I'm like, oh boy, this is, <laughs> this is not the nice apartment that guys had talked about. <laughs> and uh, those first few days were, they were rough. They, they really made me question like if this was a good decision or not. But at some point, did you get to the thought process of, let me just get to the arena or the practice gym. Yeah, so Let I me practice. do what I what I do best, what I'm passionate about. Get me with my teammates. Let's see how how team wise, how basketball wise, everything plays out. We'll worry about the the accommodations later. Yeah. So my teammate Taylor Rochester, he's an American that went to Washington State, played in Europe for almost ten years, and this was his first year in China too. But his wife, him and his wife, were. In another apartment building, come to find out, which I ended up being able to move there after a few weeks. But so I get to the gym. His wife is pregnant, giving birth in China, which think through that experience, my wife was like, absolutely not. We're not. I mean, even if even if the healthcare was was through the roof, phenomenal, right? It's still the language barrier. It's you're still, not with your family. You yeah, don't I mean, have. It's, just, it's an uncomfortable environment. Mm-hmm. Even if the doctors, the nurses are a plus, mm-hmm. it still would have had to be like really, really awkward. So yeah, I feel for your teammate. Absolutely. Yeah. So he he wasn't there for like the first handful of days, and I remember showing up to practice, and you know I had to bring my own shoes, which. A lot of people may not realize this, but when you're in the NBA, absolutely everything is taken care of for you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're spoiled. And throughout my years, I wanted to make sure that I always appreciated that and understood that. Because someday it was going to be over with and 
I was going to have to do my own laundry and carry my own shoes and bring my practice gear places. Pay for your own meals, right? Yeah. I mean, the per diem in the NBA is is great. It's astronomical. And so I get to the gym, and most of the time I tape. We don't really have a trainer to tape my ankles. But did they tell you there would be a trainer? I mean, when they sell you on... They tell me that there's so a trainer. They all this there's... stuff, and like most of it, if not all of it, everything they told you was a crock of you know what. Oh shit! I was driving a Maserati, and I ended up with a old minivan, <laughs> a 1985 minivan that you couldn't even fit into. <laughs> that I couldn't even fit into. <laughs> the tranny was going, and 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 everything else was just rattling. So <clears throat> I show up to practice, and I'm like, okay, you know, I get my ankles taped. No guys you know the chinese players because there's only me and my other teammate who's american who isn't there because his wife mm-hmm. and that's because and these teams you can only have so many american players two on each team and that's throughout i mean whether it's china russia europe i mean right uh, throughout Euro- europe is different and that doesn't matter i guess but china, in china the rule is yeah so there's the two americans max so it was you and taylor and taylor but yeah. taylor is with his wife who's Who's giving birth over there in China? Yeah. So yeah, you're literally the only American. First time, my coach is Serbian. Everybody else, other than I had one teammate who you could have a small conversation with in English. Other than that, don't even try. I mean, there's no point because I don't understand Chinese. They don't understand English, and that was hard in itself through the language barrier, but. I showed up, and I have – it's called smart wool socks. So they're more like hiking and kind of running. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for like an everyday sock that I just kind of wear, yeah. it was that. So I'm – you know, when I play, I'm used to like kind of a thicker, cushiony sock thinking the team is going to have some gear for me. <laughs> yeah. At least like a practice jersey, some shorts, socks. I have never like – Ran around the basketball court so nervous in my life because I don't have I don't have ankle tape on, which I'm used to. I have socks that I would never think about wearing for practice. I have my own gear on, which you know is still nice, but it's it's not. I, but that wasn't I, the idea. Yeah, I'm sticking out by myself, and I have no idea what's going on. Coach starts doing all these drills, and I'm There's just at least kind a of translator, like, right? Yes, we had a translator, and not to suggest he or she was good at no, translating. He, he was really good okay, at translating, he. but All right, so you he, had somebody there to at least overcome the language barrier or like, barriers, right? Your coach was Serbian. Yeah, he spoke and English. Your teammates are Chinese. Yeah, so yeah, that had to be. <laughs> I mean, was, for lack of a better way of explaining it, just I mean, it had to be very, very interesting. It was chill. Yeah. At the end of the day, it, it was, and it was crazy, and you're just kind of like, wow, what is this? And then we have two-a-days, and I'm, like, texting my teammate, and I'm like, dude, I don't know what what I just got myself into because this is not what I expected. Hearing from other teammates that have played there, like, oh, you know, you, like you practice, and you can do this, and then you can tell coach, like, no, nah, you know, I'd rather not. You can kind of, you know, I'm kind of essentially the Kevin Durant of our team in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Yeah, and you're the only one with NBA credibility. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sure. And um, you know, and I'm expected to do a lot during the games. And we're having two days and all this, and I kind of look and I'm like, man, this is not. I don't want to sound soft, but you want me to go out and play thirty something tomorrow night, and then fly, and then have a two a day, and then play another thirty five, and do like you know, this is. This is going to be a hard year. I don't have the resources that I'm used to having. I can't just say to our trainer, hey, you know, my ankle is sore today. And I mean, I could, but he's going to look at me with a blank stare because he doesn't understand English. Yeah. <laughs> it's not to be like, so we're chatting here on October 30th. So one year ago, mm-hmm. like had to be, at least professionally speaking, about the worst time that, that you've had. If we circle back, right, give or take uh, a it few was, weeks yeah, or a few days, was, but like last October 30th was a train wreck. Yeah, I mean, I remember our first game. My wife got in town about two weeks later. All right, so that helped a lot. It did. And I wasn't in the hotel, the team hotel, they called it, that I ended up being at when I first got there. Because if I was, my wife would probably look at me and be like, uh, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, we're going home. <laughs> at least I'm going home. And if you want to come with me, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> um, we ended up being in a nice apartment. It was, it, it was a lot better of accommodations, but it was fighting tooth and nail for it. And um, I remember the first game because – you know, it's me and my teammate are the ones that are expected to do essentially everything. And the CBA rules say that if you and I are teammates, we can start the game together or the second quarter play together. So you can only play two full quarters together through the game. Okay. So you, you know, teams will usually either start their two import players and then play through the first quarter, and mm-hmm. then one of them will sit while the other one plays. And then the third quarter was an always guarantee that both of them started. And then the fourth quarter was just, you know, again, only one of them could play. So we weren't on the court. Although strategically, I'd want both my guys on the court to finish the game, not necessarily start the game. Rules you can't. Okay, so you, the rules said, the okay, rules, it had yeah. to be – the start of the first, first quarter and, and the third. third qu- okay, first or and third. the second okay. and third. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, rules were very similar to the NBA, but you couldn't, you know, have. Was that to even the playing field? Essentially. Because some teams didn't have the means to draw multiple Americans? Um, well, everybody had two imports, they call them. Yeah, but and based on the level of import you bring in. Was that essentially the idea that I think the I think I mean, the, it's not like I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, how many NBA players were in that association? Twenty five, I think, when I was there. Oh wow, okay. So you had so a lot of teams did have an NBA. So guy. You, so yeah, like Jared Sullinger, uh, Thomas Robinson was there. And it doesn't make sense to me. What's um, what's the big deal then if if both imports end up playing in the fourth quarter? So a lot of the reason why the teams that ended up being really good was. One, they ended up paying the refs more money, but also that their Chinese players were better. Yeah, <laughs> they call them local players. That you know their local players were better than the other local players, and 
it it's just I remember my wife was there and I was just so frustrated. And I'm just like I'm not playing how I've ever played in my life because you know, I'm just kind of like an easygoing I enjoy playing the game. I don't really get too emotional. And there were so many times throughout that game, I remember afterwards my wife was like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I'm like, I just, I can't figure this out. These, like, this team is just so dumb in so many ways. I'm expecting that everybody understands how to play basketball where, you know, on our team – we only honestly had like three other guys that somewhat knew how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And I would get the ball on a roll. And naturally, for the last 15 years of my life, I would look at kicking it to a corner because normally the corner man is wide open for a three. And that's a really good shot. It's a really good shot. Not a good shot in China. <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> Four guys on me, I need to shoot the shot. I don't <laughs> need to pass it. And that's... For me, that's where my frustration came about, was trying to figure out how to change my game. Because I had been a role player for my professional career. Now I am somebody who I kind of have to do it all. I have to score. I have to rebound. I have to defend. I have to do all of these things that I'm not really necessarily used to doing. So now I have to adjust, and that was kind of like that first game when my wife was in town, I'm just like, I just, I, I'm going to figure this out. But <laughs> Although, it's like the it, clock was ticking because you laid out early in this conversation that you ended up coming back here because mm-hmm. of what a knee injury. I mean, I guess where you were mentally and you laid out some of the physical hurdles just in terms of, you know, trainer and language barriers and, you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of stuff. Like, was it almost inevitable, as sad as this sounds, was it darn near inevitable that you were going to suffer some sort of injury? Just um, the hope would be that it's not a catastrophic injury? Yeah, so I thought when I f- when it first happened, you know. And not to mention teammate, the minutes load, the practice load. I mean, <laughs> you laid it out. You're doing stuff that you normally didn't do. Yeah. Just everything from a physical standpoint. You're was, not necessarily in the right spot mentally. I'm just saying, as was, sad as this sounds, was it almost inevitable that, that you were going to suffer some sort of injury? I, that's probably true to say, yeah, because I didn't have the care that would help me to keep my body healthy at that point in time. Because a, a lot of things that you you may not even think about was that we go to a city you know, I can't just go and sit down at any restaurant because one, I don't, I can't read the menu. My translator's not with me all the time, and a lot of times I'm kind of eating crap. I've never ate so much fast food in my life for that three months than I had in the previous like 15 years prior. I had KFC before games. We landed in the city one time. Had a 40-minute bus ride to the hotel, and coach was like, all right, we got about a half hour, and then we're going to the arena. I ate a Big Mac and French fries and ended up practicing for two and a half hours and then playing the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just nutritionally, like, you know, I don't really eat out much, especially fast food. 
So now I'm at a dis- disadvantage because of all the crap that I'm putting in my body. Minutes, all of this, I don't have, I can't go to our massage lady and say, hey, you know, my IT band is tight. Can you work on it? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have those resources. So, yeah, I mean, to an extent there was, you know, my injury just kind of happened to be a freak thing where the guy essentially chop blocked me. It wasn't like I planted and then my knee buckled and I did that. Um, but because of the level of play, I mean, maybe that's another angle that a chop block Something like that, when you're talking about having teammates that just didn't know how to play, mm-hmm. presumably some of the opponents didn't know how to play, don't know how to play. They were dirty. Dirty. Yeah, they were, there were plenty of so times. So that's what I'm saying. So, like, you're almost setting yourself up for something bad to happen. Yeah. And I think, you know, comes comes with sports, injuries happen. You know, and, and the severity of them, you just hope that, you know, God willing, that it's not serious. and. So that play happened, and teammate shot a free throw. I go down to the other end, and I'm, like, just hobbling, and I can't really get to what I want to do. I mean, you know your body. You know when something's off. Oh, I felt it, and I was like, oh, shit. Okay, I hope it wasn't that bad. So I ended up getting out, sitting down. Our trainer came to me and was talking and all right, well, I was like, I you know, I can't walk. Like I'm done. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going back in that game. There's nothing I can do. I can't even walk to the locker room. And ended up getting carted <laughs> in an ambulance to the hospital. <laughs> my my wife. This was Friday night. My wife was leaving the next morning at like eight a.m. So. Thankfully, she was there because she was able to help kind of with the process of me Mm -hmm. being injured. So I get an MRI, and I'm talking to one of our translators. We had another, like, team translator that wasn't around much that ended up coming with because the main one needed to stay for the game. And ends up being that the doctor is telling the translator that my knee is underwater and I'm just like what I don't I have no idea I call my agent I'm like hey here this is what happened I got some images let's send them to somebody there thinking you know here I I tore my ACL mm-hmm. you know this is going to be a solid 8 months of rehab because, you know, that's kind of what I I thought it was. Ended up getting home. Thankfully, it turned out to be a grade 2 MCL. Only was able, you know, I had to rehab, so I didn't have surgery or anything. But, you know, just that whole experience was, <laughs> was a whirlwind. And I was, the frustrating thing was I was playing great. I played... I think 22 minutes the game before I got hurt, I had 18-8-18. So, you know, I had almost three consecutive 2020 games. So I'm finally kind of like coming within myself, understanding of how I can kind of, I guess, get mine in a sense because our team was, we were bad. I mean, <laughs> we were we were really bad. <laughs> I think we won like, Three out of the 12 games I was there, 
And so you never went back, though. So you come back here. You never went back? No, I was trying to because... You come back here when? Like November, uh, December? December 15th. All right, so you come back December 15th. You had been over there from October 6th until December 15th, and <clears throat> you just you never went back over there. No, I was trying to. The team ended up um, getting Andre Blotch, played in the league a little oh, bit. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah um, wizard, yeah. So he was my replacement. I got healthy. I was trying to go back. Team was fighting with us, still fighting with them. You're um, talking financially fighting. So, yeah. yeah so, so at least you're thinking, you know what? Everything I had to endure from October 6th to December 15th, at least I got my money, right? That the money was pretty good. That's why yeah. maybe ultimately I ended up going over there. That it was just too good of a financial offer for me to turn down. Yeah. I mean, I essentially Yet got. They still didn't. They never really fully paid you, and at this point, <laughs> you still haven't been paid, right? Uh, they still owe me, like, two-thirds of my deal. Yeah. And, and it is what it is. I mean, we're, what a cluster we're, belief. We're, we're fighting with them, and that will get figured out one way or another. But, you know, the experience for myself, kind of looking back at it, if, you know, if this is it basketball-wise for me, and my wife and I had this conversation before leaving – you know, I kind of told her, I was like, you know what? I just kind of need to, like, I need something for myself. If this is it, like, give me this year. I know it is not going to be necessarily what we really want, expect, hope for. But six months, let's figure it out next summer, which would have been this summer. Mm-hmm. When, you know, she ended up getting pregnant and all that. And you know, it was kind of a way that even though it ended the way it has, you know, there's still some satisfying like, man, I was there. That that was fun. It was crazy. I mean, three consecutive darn near 2020 games. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad way to go out. No, I had 28 and 26 one night with like five blocks. Played really well. And that was after I had I had KFC for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because we we go to shoot around, we come back, and we have like this, you know, the big swivel table of yeah. food, and you know, there's like the whole fish, and then you know, this is kind of hard to conceptualize if you've never seen it, but think about like Thanksgiving dinner. You have like a turkey or a chicken. Sure. They take a big butcher knife and they just chop it, bones and all, and it's just in like pieces, uh-huh. like kind of like chicken wing size mm-hmm. essentially but then they leave the head of the animal like so if it's a chicken they leave the oh, chicken head yeah. to show you that you know it's chicken or mm-hmm. there's a goose head and so we get back and you know there's like a gelatinous soup and fish and rice and all this other stuff and my teammates are just they're just gorging it all in and i'm like i looked at Taylor, my other American team, man, I'm like, dude, I'm not eating this crap. There's yeah, no let's way. Let's go find like, KFC. Like, I can't, dude. This is uh, – yeah. uh, no. So I ended up eating, like, a chicken sandwich and some chicken poppers and some fries. <laughs> like, did you have a car over there? No. Like, we had we had a driver that – he took us okay, from so practice. Like you, you tell the driver, I need to go get some KFC. Oh, the driver? No, the this, was, this was on the road. So I no. All right, so you walk outside your hotel and there's I use, any number of of fast food options. Yeah, I use the limited Google that I can because 
Google like is banned in China, so mm-hmm. I can't just like you know, hey it Siri, is. It's a different what world, is, right yeah. or wrong? And I'm not going to judge. That's, it's just that's the not way my they culture. Do it. It's just the way they do things. Yeah. But China is a different animal. It just yeah. is. So that that was you know another culturally thing of you know if our translator I felt was more helpful we probably would have ate better but I mean there's so many times that I, I would just we'd get in we get done with practice I'd go and buy Domino's I'd find some sort of crappy convenience store I'd get a bottle of wine put it on a table and eat in the lobby <laughs> you know yeah, well, it was I mean, just the lobby like was probably the nicest <laughs> yeah I mean in the entire joint it's probably the nicest spot <laughs> So uh, we're happy to have you back. It's great that you're back stateside. You're back in your hometown, but and healthy. That's and that's healthy. The main thing. And about to turn thirty-one on Halloween, but yeah. you're still hoping deep down, right, that maybe there's at least one more opportunity. Or have you come to terms with, hey, that time in China, as interesting as it was, but that's that's it. Outside of playing, you know, Twin Cities Pro Am, you know, things like that. But in terms of of getting paid and paid well, compensated well to play for, for mm-hmm. a professional team, in all likelihood, that time has come and gone. I can't say that it's come and gone, but it's it's knocking on the doorstep because, you, you know, going forward, I look at it and say, you know, may, it may not be China. It may be, say, Russia. It may be Germany. And, you know, Germany is one of the better European countries to play in. You know, do I want to bring what would be my eight-year-old son and wife to another country? Now they're sitting in a small apartment with not a whole lot of people that speak English. They're, you know, my wife's family's from here, so her family is not around, and she's kind of isolated in a sense. Does it? Does it make sense? I don't know. You know, I'm I'm gonna take this winter and kind of like go in and 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 see if a few things, and hopefully, you know, we're able to talk a few times this this winter and and kind of tell some stories. And I think we did for the last 55 and... minutes. I mean, Colt, we're at the 58 minute mark, just spinning all sorts of stories. I mean, I want to get to at some point. I mean, heck, I want to get to the NBA China brouhaha because mm-hmm. you played in China. You just described your experience in China. I want to get to that at some point. I want to get to, I mean, we were talking off, Mike, about the NCAA beginning the process of, of compensating its athletes for, yeah. for you know, if, if EA Sports uses Trevor Lawrence's likeness to promote a video game, that Trevor Lawrence eventually will get compensated for that. But I think about the recruiting, you know, tentacles to that, it just, that's opening up one heck of a can of worms. And I'm all for collegiate athletes getting paid. I think we'll do this, though. We're going to do this again. So I'm going to jot down those topics yeah. for a different podcast. Let's just wrap with some thoughts on the Wolves. You're close with Ryan Saunders. Yeah. You played with Pablo, assistant coach, Prigioni. Am I saying the name right? Yeah. Prigioni in L.A. and New York. You were teammates with Cad and Gorgie and Wig and Super and small world. You were at the exhibition game against, who did they play, Maccabi Haifa? Yeah. You were at that game. So you still follow the Wolves pretty closely. So interesting test tonight against Philadelphia, but mm-hmm. I mean, have you had a chance to watch any of their any of their three games? Um, you know, I saw the Brooklyn game, and that was, I mean, what a fun game to watch. That was fun. 
it was kind of, you know, the back and forth and like, oh, man, I don't know. We've we've been there so many times. Can we just get over that hump? And then Kyrie ended up kind of slipping and missing that last second shot. I thought shot. he was going to make it. I thought when the ball man, left hand, was, that ball is in, Brooklyn wins. He, you know, he's that good of a player where he gets his eyes on the rim, and if the ball's up there, you know, you give it a chance. And that, you know, I think that was a big win for them because not only are you on the road, you're a young team, you're trying to figure it out, you have all these familiar or these new faces, you have a few guys that are familiar with themselves, you know, Cat, Gorgie, uh, Wiggs, Teague. So you have you have some guys that are used to playing with each other, but a lot of uncertainty and unknown, I guess. And to get that win, you're like, oh wow, like okay, you know, we feel good about ourselves. It's still early. Everybody's excited about basketball. You know, you come to January, the second week in January, everybody's like, oh boy, it's the dog digs, and that's kind of where teams separate themselves of being playoff teams. Or if you are a playoff team, that's where you go from being a fifth seed to a third seed. You're able to win a handful of extra games. And you stay healthy. You have durability on your side. I'll admit, though, if you had asked me, okay, through the first three games, are the Wolves 3-0? and If you had told me they'd be 3-0, and I would have said, you're nuts. Yeah. And Charlotte stinks. You know, Jimmy ends up missing the game for Miami over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was a favorable situation for the Wolves, but Miami is still pretty good. Yeah. And certainly Brooklyn with Kyrie opening the season, I thought that would be a really hard game to win. So kudos to them. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, even a week and a half ago, I would have told you, you know what, the over-under, the Vegas over-under of, of 35 and a half wins, I would bet the under. I think yeah. I still might bet the under. Mm-hmm. But heck, and I get it, it's only three of 82, but still – to get a head start of three wins already, hey, kudos to them. Credit yeah. to them. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, you know, I'm I'm a Minnesotan through and throughout. And, you know, I, I root for our teams. Are the people in Kansas okay with you saying that? You know, I still will root for the U of M. You know, their football team is better than the K. Although the KU football team is starting to kind of show some – Strides. I think Les Miles has a chance to win a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. They had a they had a big game against Texas that they ended up losing, but they've they've done some good things. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I'm a Minnesota through and throughout, and you know, I want I want our down. Teams. You turned down the Gophers, right? I mean, was it Tubby? <laughs> Tubby wanted you. No, it was Dan Munson. It would okay. It would have been Dan. That and could be a, that could be a yeah, whole nother. It could podcast. Yeah. Right in there. fact, was Dan on his way out? Was that that year? So I think. I'll keep it short, but I think, unfortunately, Munson lost his job because I didn't go to the U. It was kind of one of those yeah, situations okay. yes. where You're right. it was me, yeah. John Luer, Blake Hoffarber, a few other players in the state, and he was only able to get Blake. And I think that the university was like, well, we're not able to keep even – I guess yeah, and Trevor he was already Lubachway. on a slippery slope, but – Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you – and it was kind of a so nail in a coffin in a sense. And heck, you went to Kansas and won a national championship. <laughs> and your jersey's in the rafters of Allen Fieldhouse. Like, of course you made the right decision. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and and the thing is, and I mean, I, I root for him. I, I want to see him do well because why not? Like, it 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 builds our city. And, you know, Minneapolis is... is a great marketing slogan. 
I still to this day, now if we're talking northern Minnesota, it's a it's a different argument. But yeah. in the Twin Cities metropolitan area, I firmly believe this. Whether we want to look at TV ratings, radio ratings, there's any number of metrics we can look at. I'm just saying though, I've done enough research on this. I firmly believe there are more basketball fans than hockey fans. Yeah. I but mean, we just, you know, everybody says Minnesota state of hockey. And there's certainly a lot of <laughs> hockey fans, and comparatively speaking, it sounds way sexy. more hockey fans here. Yeah, it does. It sounds sexy than other places. But I'm just saying, the thirst to root on highly competitive basketball teams in this marketplace is there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully the Gophers can get back to where they were in 1997, which seems like forever ago. Well, hopefully it was Hopefully the Wolves can get ago. back to a level of prominence like they were in the KG days. Mm-hmm. Sustained success. And even trickling down when, when the University of St. Thomas becomes Division One in a couple of years. Hopefully they can be competitive in the Summit League, right? Yeah. And just trickle it all the way down. I I think the level of high school basketball, and this is another topic we can say oh, for a different podcast. Oh, it's grown exponentially. Oh, I mean. We just think about the 2020 class with Jalen Suggs and Dawson Garcia and Kerwin Walton and Ben Carlson. And all these guys go up and down. I'm leaving out like five, six names. There's like just in the class of 2020. In the Twin Cities metropolitan area, like 10, 11, 12 guys with Division One opportunities. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, Think it about, was... you know, like when you were at Jefferson, 06, 07. Like unheard of, right, to have yeah. that many guys. Certainly there were some. Yeah, we had a handful. But, but that many guys? When you got double-digit numbers of guys getting Division One offers and then, you know, three times that to go play Division Two or Division Three. I mean, basketball is really – it's coming along strong. So there's a thirst. So I understand when you say that, that, that you're a Minnesotan true and true, and you want the Wolves to do really well, especially because you're close with Ryan Saunders. Like, yeah. that's your guy. Right. Surprisingly enough, Ryan coached me in AAU my junior year of high school. He's told that story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so weird to say that I've known Ryan for – half my life but you know i have and you know before games we would sit in target center i would get there about 3 30 games 7 7 30 so there's there's nobody there and ryan and i would just sit up in the stands and just bs so you want him to do well by of the course way, do you remember having a meal with ryan it was shortly after you signed with the wolves I don't remember the city i think it was a mexican meal though do you remember mm. i don't even know if it was lunch dinner and I'm sure you went out to numerous lunches and dinners with Ryan. Yeah. But it was shortly after you signed your contract here. And I think you asked him if he wanted to split the bill. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and he, and he had a few choice of words for me. And <laughs> he still would now. <laughs> oh, that's great. Cole, we'll do this again, I'm telling you, because there's any number of topics we could still dive into. Oh, The beauty of this was, I don't think it felt like it went 67 minutes. We're at the 67-minute mark. Jeez. I don't think it felt like it went 67 minutes. So hopefully the listeners thoroughly enjoy this. Yeah. We'll do it again soon. If you're open to it, we'll do it again soon. I, I would love to. Perfect. Cole Aldrich, longtime NBA career, Bloomington Jefferson, University of Kansas, won a national championship with the Jayhawks. His number 45 hangs in the rafters of Allen Fieldhouse, played for the Wolves, the Rockets. Actually, can I name all the coaches you played for? Oh, Tibbs, I don't know. Woodson, Fisher. There's no chance you're going to get this. McHale in Houston? Yeah. Who's your coach in Sacramento? <laughs> That's why I don't think you can get that one. Sacramento goes through coaches. 
Keith Smart. Keith Smart. Okay. Yeah, yeah that would have taken a while. <laughs> I was only there for about eight, nine weeks. And so. then Scotty Brooks probably. In, Scotty Brooks. Mm-hmm. In OKC, and now he's the he's the head coach where in, in Washington. Washington. Hopefully for a while longer, although who knows with with that dumpster fire in some ways. Oh, although I think the Wizards with Tommy Shepard. Tommy's a great guy. Hopefully mm-hmm. the Wizards are are on the path to success. So we'll do this again, okay? Yeah, that sounds great to me. Fantastic. Cole Aldrich in studio for a long-time fun conversation. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 262. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, My Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.